And we are back with That's a Tough One, the podcast. Hey, gang. With your favorite host, me, JD, and... Me, Morgan. Hey, Morgan. The other JD. Hey. I don't know know how that works. I just don't know. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're here. We're going to bring you more of some of our favorite topics over the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. From across the interweb and the other places on the interweb. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to jump back in. I'm excited too. I want to say just heads up, we both have a little teeny tiny case of different the sniffles happening right now. So if you hear a couple sniffs here and there, we're just, we've been traveling. I feel like every time we record an episode, we say this, we've been traveling. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot going on. We have a little illness. So please forgive. Now, how, now how did you, I didn't know you had the sniffles. Well, I have allergies. You been home? You been so I had always had the sniffles. Me, meanwhile, my wife been hiding sniffies from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. um, I want to know what you have to share with me today. So, do you have any minis to get us going? I do some good, hearty, um, small news thingies. Okay. Um, the first one, um, there is two real, two quick things just in sports. Sure. And it's mostly just a shout out. Uh, but in the NHL, the San Jose Sharks hired Mike Greer, who is the general manager and the first black general manager in, um, na- the National Hockey League. Oh, okay. Good for him. Yeah. And over in the NFL, the Raiders hired Sandra Douglas to be the first black female president in the National Football League. That's pretty cool. That is Times cool. Times is changing. Times is a changing. I mm-hmm. want to say shout out to them. Hopefully, this this opens doors and more opportunity for people that look different than what you traditionally think a fan or somebody in the higher up positions would look like. And yeah. I, and I really just hope they they get a legit opportunity to yeah. perform and succeed. I like the idea going off what you said about just. Get like challenging what people think your stereotypical hockey fan would look like. Oh, we got some fireworks happening in the background. Um, I think you know, having different people on the ice, different people coaching, different people on the field encourages maybe more fans or people who will maybe be like, eh, I don't know, I like hockey, but I don't know if I would necessarily be welcome at a hockey game or how it might be weird for me to go there or whatever. And, you know, so having a more diverse staff might lead to having a more diverse audience, which helps the sport do better. You know, you sell more jerseys, you sell more tickets, you you create more fans. So, I mean, ultimately, I think that's good. You know, I I think um, diversity always helps. It never hurts. Yeah, it's, it's never an opportunity where diversity hurts. And I, I, like she was saying, like I was saying, it's going to be great just to have different people in the role. Uh, you don't know what perspective people people can bring to something, so they get a chance. I hope hopefully they succeed, but I'm just happy they're at least getting the opportunity based on the hard work they did to get to that point. Yeah, and I mean, I always felt like if you watch hockey, if you watch a hockey documentary, most importantly, but if you watch any live hockey games for even like 30 minutes, it's a really fast-paced, engaging, interesting sport. That I feel like if you like football or you like basketball. It makes a lot of sense that you would like and be interested and connect with hockey, but I think it's just most people aren't exposed to it. So hopefully, you know, um, people will be more interested in turning it on to support folks who look like them and then get and get hooked and addicted. Yeah, I, I definitely mean hockey is one of those sports. Uh, I think baseball is kind of similar. They, they're they better in person than they are 
as a television. Oh yeah, baseball but, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go to a baseball game, you just sitting down having a good time. Saying I went to a few hockey games before, and you when you sit when you sit down at one, like you're having a good time, you're mm-hmm. drinking, you get two half times in there. You, you, you hey, you doing something? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to those folks. Yeah, do you have something for us to get a pilot to? I do. I do. So, um, I know you've never been to Las Vegas before. I've been a couple times. But what are, just off the top of your head from what you know about Vegas, what are some of the things that people like to do when they go there? Um, casinos. Yes. Uh, brothels. Outside yes. of Vegas. There you go. So, you already, you already <laughs> hit on one of those things. People like to go to Vegas to, to hook up. You know, whether it's sex workers at the strip or brothels or what have you, strip clubs or bachelor parties. And now you have a new way to get your rocks off in Vegas. So, uh, Las Vegas Hotels um, have partnered with this company to deliver VR porn headsets via robot technology to lonely guests. Um, so, the company is called VR Bangers. And they specialize in pornographic films tailored to three-dimensional virtual virtual reality headsets. Um, I believe the headsets are... Um, starts with an O. They made a movie with the same name. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, I'm about to say O. O is a movie. Um, um, it'll come. It'll come back to me. It's actually like a pretty good horror movie about with the same name. Oh, Oculus. There you go. So these Oculus um, headsets are actually going to be delivered to your room to allow for total immersion. So you don't even have to have the shame of meeting a delivery driver and looking <laughs> and making eye contact with them. Um, so you pay $50 for the headset, which is going to be delivered fully sanitized. And they have right now five fleet, a, a fleet of five robots to, de- to deliver the helmets straight to your customers' hotel rooms. So just wanna, what are your thoughts on just the whole VR porn, but then also the option to get it delivered right to your hotel room? Um, you know what? I I really just don't want to, and I know you can say the same thing. I I don't want something that some I know somebody used to masturbate themselves mm-hmm. and to put it on my head. And I know they sanitize it. They probably use the blue light technology, and it's probably perfectly safe and sanitized. But you just say say the same thing about going to a a brothel and you laying in the bed like the best. These are new sheets. They probably sprayed the bed real quick. So it doesn't smell like anything. It's probably fresh and clean. But somebody still has sex on it with somebody else besides you that you're about to have sex with anyway. Mm-hmm. And the headset, somebody had to bring it. So how do, how do you get it back to the people? Do they come back and pick it up? Do you leave it outside your door? Yeah, I guess it's similar to like if you go to Orlando and you rent like a wheelchair or a scooter or a stroller and they drop it off to your hotel. And then they they pick it up when you check out. It's probably similar to that. Mm mm mm. That's I, ugh, I just and, 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 and nothing wrong with it. Nobody's hurt. It seems like if that's what you want to do. But at, at that point, depending on how much it costs, like should I should you just invest in a VR headset that you just bring with you? I think what's interesting to me is the idea of going to Las Vegas to Sin City, and then spending a significant portion of that time. While you're on your trip in a VR in the in a hotel room engaging in VR sex, which I know for a lot of people they feel like oh well the you know watching the porn is probably cheaper than maybe like you know soliciting a prostitute and getting arrested or you know maybe coming into danger that way or going to a brothel 
you know, I know some people have the merits of like, oh, is it cheating? Is it not cheating? But I also think it just takes away from the experience of being out on the strip, meeting people, having an organic experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, like the challenge of going out and engaging with an actual human being. And I think um, I see that a lot in like the work that I do with emerging adults and how since the pandemic, like a lot of them do not know how to approach a person on campus that they see is like being attractive or not even on campus just out in their everyday lives and i think that this is like another similar situation to that where if you don't learn how to socialize how to pick up men how to pick up women how to just put yourself out there maybe even potentially be rejected then you have like this whole generation of people that doesn't know how to just organically meet a person like walk up to somebody at a club or or a craps table and strike up a conversation and then maybe hook up with them and i know a lot of people argue like oh well, this is safer miss a lot of gambles you take with that yeah it is but also like that's kind of life you know there's something also really fun and magical about interacting with human beings mm-hmm. outside of a screen and vegas is one of those places where like literally anything can happen you can have like the wildest night of your life in vegas or you could go have a robot bring you a porn VR headset and, you know, stay in the room the whole time. Yeah, that does seem like a, unless you're just a regular to Vegas, it, it yeah, seems like a waste true. of time to do that. It's like, it, it, I, I, and I know, um, I don't, I, I mean, if that's how you want to watch porn and you'd rather just spend the time to rent it out especially if your excuse is I'm too lazy to go to a brothel it's like no we'll just go to the brothel man go have a good time yeah and some people don't want to engage in the physical act of sex too yeah I mean you probably, it's not like you just need to invest in a VR headset and actually to your point a lot of people are doing that because now virtual reality porn is a billion dollar industry already so it is extremely immensely popular and I guess what I want to say is I feel like hey if you want to do VR porn, you're and you are, you know, you're affording it. It's not nothing illegal you watching. It's not nobody being abused or against their consent. Cool, go for it all day. But when you go to a, a place like Vegas, like you want to get out there, you want to be on the streets, you want to be interacting. That's what you pay the money to go do. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it defeats the purpose. Like you're, yeah. you're cooped up in your room trying to get your your rocks off one time. Like you can do that in the home. You can beat your meat at the house. You, you can, can watch, bean at the house. like you said, you can watch virtual porn at the crib, buy Oculus, buy a cheap VR headset, do it there. But the idea of like going to that'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go to get a hotel at you know near Yellowstone, and then I'm gonna put on a VR headset and go for a walk. <laughs> it's like I could just stay at home and did that. I could have went on a VR hike at the crib, but not paid for the ticket. So and the, so, does it come preloaded with porn, or do you pick like a video or two before they bring it? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure they give you this, like the selections of like the pre, preloaded, and you just pick which video you want to watch and and everything else. Um, like other types of VR, like probably upload content and stuff like that for your selection. Mm-hmm. But I think it it definitely is cool to see like more places, uh, using VR as entertainment. You can go do different VR experiences in like places like Orlando and now Vegas. So of course they would have an adult one or not a naughty one, but I was almost like this, like the shame of like a robot is secretly delivering this to your room, so you don't have to interact with another mm-hmm. human, and then you like drop it off back to the robot with all this shame and everything. It's like man, you going to Vegas and have a good time. You want to go see some VR porn 
go go out at least get, have to go walk down a strip to get to a building. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So you told me you went to a show or at the casino losing your money. Yeah, or something. top they got topless shows. They got so many things there. Where if you want sex in Vegas, you can get sex. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is, on your next trip, your first trip to Vegas, you're not gonna buy the the VR headset delivered by robots. I I you know there's a strong chance I won't get the <laughs> robot VR headset. Okay. So. Okay. So I'm paying all that money, and you still gotta you, you still gotta beat your own. Still gotta take care of it yourself. Wow, <laughs> that is outrageous. I guess so. In the article, they didn't say. Oh, so guests pay fifty dollars per day for the headset, which to me even is like that. That feels like passed around. Like I'd rather I'd rather pay <laughs> three hundred dollars for it because I know as many people won't be paying for it. But it's like fifty dollars per day. That thing getting used every day. <laughs> And then you got to like you got to get fifty dollars worth, you know what I mean? So it's like you you going in several times probably that night. You just going crazy in that Ooh, <laughs> in that slutted out VR headset. Oh, yeah, it's hard. it probably has passed through a lot of hands. Oh, take them goggles off. Watch to watch. Watch mm, to mm. watch. Oh my gosh. Well, no, let's VR. Let's VR people. <laughs> so we we are an anti porn robot VR. Vegas household. What you saying? Y- yes, with the at Vegas household. Yes, okay. all that together. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll I'll start diving in. You know, and I got some quick story. Most of them this week are about you know people want to come up. Okay. Cool. Um, this one from uh the headline: man who accidentally a man. <laughs> Let me start over. I feel like uh, okay. I'm not gonna edit that out. So they're just gonna listen. Hey, to I'm it. listening. I'm right here with you. <laughs> man who was accidentally paid 286 times his salary resigns and disappears. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! You will never see me again. And, and that's what he did. He, he got his money. He ain't never seen him again. He's a mm-hmm. he's a, a man from Chile. Uh, it was a banking bungle. It occurred in May, and the they called him and he promised like, "Hey, I I know, and I'm gonna return the money, and it's all gonna be good." He didn't return the money. Hell no. My man got that money and he was gone. He's like, man, hey, that's on y'all. That has nothing to do with me. Uh, apparently, he got paid for a month's work. And how many pesos was that? A uh, hundred and sixty-five million Chilean pesos. Uh. Oh my goodness! Instead of his usually salary of five hundred thousand um, pesos, man, I know his ass <laughs> when he saw that. Uh, when he saw that money, yeah. oh my goodness, I'd have passed out. And that com- it comes out to uh, is that in Aust- I think it's in Australian dollars, but uh, two hundred and sixty thousand Australian dollars, and that's normal. Well, I think that's dollars, and but that's normally. And when he normally gets paid about seven hundred and ninety dollars a month. Wow. So he got over two hundred thousand. And he was gone. He was gone. He was gone. They can't find him. Honestly, good for him. He deserves it. I mean I mean, I don't know what they I don't know what they want they want to do. Like that's not that's not like a them problem. That do sound like a them problem. Because you know what? If you make a mistake at work, shoot, they be ready to fire you. Yeah, because where he worked at, he worked at uh Consuguero Industrial de Alimentis, a company that is one of the largest producers of cold cut meats in Chile. I sit yeah. here while you were talking. I sit here and did the math for um, 
for how much three, 286 times my annual salary would. And I know he didn't get his annual salary, but just for fun to mm. see what it would be like if I got 286 times my annual salary. Oh, I would have disappeared. <laughs> I'd have been gone. I wouldn't not have cared. Professional reputation be damned. Yeah, man. My man, my man is probably in a whole other country right now. He got that money. He said, I'm gone. Just went up, went up, went up to probably Peru or something, Uruguay. Right, what, please. What's that country down there that that, that, that bet on Bitcoin and lost? He, he over there right now, living up like a king. That's a lot of money. Good for him. I like to hear people just every once in a while somebody get a win. Yeah, hey, y'all out. I don't know. I don't know if you out. I don't know. I guess the, the bank had the money because they're the ones that did the air. Mm. Tell them, hey, that's y'all business. Oh, shoot. They insured. They good. Mm-hmm. Now I good. really don't feel bad. They <laughs> definitely insured. It's like, let me go, man. Shit, y'all good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Who you try, Who you even trying to get right now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, that, that was it for my story. That was it for your story? Mm-hmm. You got another one you want to throw our way? Mm. <laughs> I feel pressure now. Oh, okay. I didn't mean to make you feel pressured. Mm, I guess that's we, my bad. And I guess real quick, we can shout out Kevin Ford, that uh, that that black uh, Burger King worker who worked for for twenty seven years oh, and never missing yeah. a day. And they gave him for his twenty seventh year. They gave him a little goodie bag with some sorry behind treats in it, saying good job. That was sorry. Mm-hmm. And his daughter went out and posted a little GoFundMe like, and my dad never missed a day. He put us. He made sure we always had insurance and put everybody help. Put everybody. He seemed like college. a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a truly genuine nice person. And everybody on the internet came together and he got over three hundred thousand dollars to GoFundMe mm-hmm. and he was able to get. So hopefully he used that money to hopefully retire and maybe do some things to do something for him. Take yeah. a vacation. You know, I I think I have so much respect for people who just do what they have to do to take care of their family because. You know, being a fast food worker or something like that, you already get so little respect. And then I think for people who are maybe have chosen to make that their career, they get even less respect because people see that those jobs of like, oh, well, you know, those are for teenagers and these, these jobs ain't nothing. and You're not getting paid nothing like you just take so much disrespect when you work in that industry to be some of the hardest working people in the country. I'm like you're on your feet. You're you're constantly moving. You're dealing with rude customers. You're dealing with hot kitchens grease fast-paced environment you know and those places are open and that thanks to the pandemic now they closed but a few years ago most of those fast food places were open till 1 a.m some were 24 hours they were open holidays you know that type of thing so like these people are some of the hardest working people in the country getting no respect whatsoever mm-hmm. and so for that man to just put his head down and go to work every single day faithful to his company to take care of his family and you know a, an employee like that that's the person who's training everybody that's the person who's staying late when somebody call off coming in early when somebody call off like just a diligent good guy and knows everything to do within the, within the organization to run this place been there longer than the 24 year old is the manager you know he that, that's just you could tell by the video that he was a good guy and they definitely owe him better than just a one single movie ticket you can't even take a date. You can't even take your wife with you. So I'm happy the internet came together and celebrated him and just honored the hard work he was doing to take care of his family. Mm-hmm. Everybody get them one. Mm-hmm. You got anything? You got anything for us, baby? I do. I do. What you got over there? Um. So it's a very stupid story, and I appreciate uh, the author of this 
article is Ezra Dyer, and I appreciate the the snark with which this person wrote the story, but it's called North Carolina um, looks to remove public EV chargers probably to the trash. And so for those who don't know, EV chargers are basically those charging stations that you see like in supermarket parking lots that are for electric cars. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually they have a Tesla logo on them. Those tend to be more popular. So Ben Moss, a North Carolina House representative, is targeting the free to the public EV chargers. Um, And so Ezra writes, to promote his or to prove his animosity toward this invisible menace, he's sponsoring House Bill 1049, which will allocate $50,000 to destroy free public chargers. It contains some other enlightened ideas, but that's the main thing. We simply got to do something about these free chargers, even if it costs us $50,000. Those things cost tens of cents per hour when they're being used. And so basically, the argument that this representative is making is it's not free to people who use gas for people who use electric cars to be able to charge their car for free. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying that in a pu- any public area, if you have an EV station where you're giving out free electricity, you also have to give out free gas, which obviously is not an option. No, no. Obviously, no. that we, would... Go ahead. No, just, it would it would be impossible. How, how, did you, how would you even equate those two and to store all this? So just, it's just... Yeah, ridiculous. Right. And we so we recently have done some research into electric cars and the price difference in terms of charging an electric car is nowhere near the same. Like the cost of electricity is nowhere near the same with the cost of, of fuel, of gasoline to yeah. fill a gasoline power car. So those two things are not even equivalents. Not to mention the fact that if there was a source of endless free gas in, in North Carolina, why would anybody go to a gas station? So you would be actually putting more businesses out of commission and that's jobs and everything else in the in your state mm-hmm. so he also not enough to just attack the the public stations he also wants to have any private business that offers free charging and really it's just a business incentive to get people to come in and um patronize the store while they're charging their car but say you have a like a parking lot that's used by restaurants and you have free charging stations he wants the restaurants to put on the bill how much of the cost of your meal, what percentage went to the upkeep and management of the charging stations. You want him to put those that those four cents on your bill? Yes, because in banking on the fact that there will be so much outrage that they will have to get rid of the charging stations. No, no. <laughs> it it'll be the sm- it'll be the smallest minority that makes the most noise, and that will be the only reason they get rid of them. I don't understand how this benefits anybody in the community, the charging stations. Um, you want, so, I don't know how many oil companies or uh, car lobbyists are in his, give, putting exactly. money in his pocket. Exactly. And like for, for, since I've lived in North Carolina, we used to live really close to um, a parking lot that had charging stations. And I, I don't necessarily know if they were free, but they were always empty. It's very rarely even in other states I've lived in, I have rarely ever seen the charging station area completely full. No, no, no. And so it's like this isn't even necessarily a thing that's a a problem in the community. It's not costing taxpayers that much money. 
And it's definitely not costing taxpayers enough money that you want to spend $50,000 of taxpayers' money to uproot them all. It, I mean, it, it, no, I, I don't know who's gaining money. Like, it, it's the state gaining money from uprooting them all. Like, who's, who's no, gaining money? No, money. You're spending money uprooting them. Yes, you're spending money uprooting them, and it's it's just not a benefit to anybody. It's like people do dumb dumb stuff because it it sounds good to your base. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. benefit your base. Like it doesn't. Who's it hurting? And like because it's like one of those things. Like how how do you quantify how much money is being spent on from the from that business the bit one of the businesses in this complex to that um, charging station it's such a right. hard thing you could say you could say the same thing about parking lot costs they can say we're not gonna allow cars to park anymore because we can't y'all y'all aren't paying enough money to the for the parking lot oh i definitely also just read an article or well read an argument about that in terms of why do universities charge parking and that's because <laughs> The parking lots are not upkept. The the money does not come from the university or tax dollars. They have to generate their own revenue to upkeep the parking lots, which is why they charge you hundreds and hundreds of dollars to park on college campuses. Which I say is BS. Why should a why should a university not pay to upkeep this uh parking when students and faculty and staff need to be there to park? But let me go <laughs> before I get on that soapbox. I think it's crazy because. I know that people want to associate like electric cars with oh those those hippie liberals, but it's conservatives that drive Teslas. It's conservatives that drive electric cars or or hybrids or whatnot. And I think that punishing not only spending the money to uproot them, but then also punishing private businesses that choose to incentivize customers to come in with the with the electric chargers, you're only hurting the businesses in your state financially, like you said, to pander to either a lobby or a really small base that that thinks there's some like benefit to keeping cars, most cars, gasoline powered. And newsflash, most cars are gasoline powered based on actions that were taken all the way back to the 70s when we could have had a, a society that was less reliant on gasoline. But here we are. Thanks, lobbyists. Even with the increase in people buying electric cars, they're not going to outpace gasoline power cars anytime soon. Yeah. So that this is not this is like a non-issue that is wasting time and money. Don't worry, they'll be upset once it's, it gets to like fifty fifty. It's like, oh, so y'all worried y'all worried about the wrong thing. It's like look, the environment. We kind of need that to survive, bro. And you know what people are gonna do. If you take it away free charging stations, it's not going to stop me from buying an electric car if I want an electric car. I will go home and charge it, or I'll go to a mall and charge it, or I'll go wherever else I want to go and charge my car. Because you're not going to stop me. If I really want to get an electric car, oh, wow, I, I paid the extra $20 on my on my utility bill charging my car in my home, as opposed to I'm paying $5 a gallon for gas. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day... It's still significantly cheaper, whether it's coming out of my pocket to pay for the electricity or not. So, I mean, you can spend the state's money, but nobody's going to get rid of their electric car because you made it mildly more difficult to charge. <laughs> Slightly more difficult. It's, it's like it, some people can't, they can't see the future when it's right in front of them. 
<laughs> just open your eyes a little bit, man. Trying to fight it. You're trying, trying to fight it. Trying to fight change. There's always certain people that all, especially in politics, are always going to fight positive change. Well, my my question is to these conservative lawmakers: What are you pro? I know you're against a lot of stuff. The list grows longer every single day. Um, but what are you? What are you in support of? Other than like prayer in schools, we know they they are pro that. But like. What when are you passing legislation to actually help people like the veterans that you claim to love, the police officers that you claim to support? Are you passing legislation to help them, to help their families, to get them access to like medical, you know, long term medical care? If they do go on disability, if they get injured in the line of duty, if they're killed in the line of duties, like do you make sure their kids can go to college for free or something like that? Like, what, what is your pro stance on something as opposed to always trying to take things away from people? That's really what it feels like. It's like every piece of legislation you, you put in place is really to, or you're voting against something that's helping Americans. Like, you vote against the stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they vote against, um, it was something that just came up that was real big that they voted against. I can't remember what it was. But it's like stuff that helps Republicans and Democrats, all people, you know, but you want to spend your energy being more mad about this. Even if like a Republican spearheaded a, a, a bill to, to stabilize gas prices, I would be, congratulations, that was great. That helped, that helped the people that you're supposed to be serving. But you're not helping anybody by taking away ways for people to power their cars. Yeah, no, that... that. And like you said, what what are you what are you for? Like I, like, I know they're for mm-hmm. guns near children. I know they want that. <laughs> like the lady said, I'll shoot my grandchildren to protect them. But <laughs> 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 it, it, it just there just doesn't seem to be a benefit to a lot of these actions no. that they're taking. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. benefit society as a whole. Like I don't know I don't know how the collective. Ha- becomes better uh based on a lot of these grand policies they have yeah you're not you know you don't want me to make more money you vote against raising wages you vote against insurance you vote against a lot of things that would help even your base hey social socialist policies don't work unless you're every other developed country in the world then they somehow they work there um i just feel like the only who is it helping to take out the electric chargers if it's helping a big group of people that we can't see, we don't understand. Okay, I'm willing to sit there and hear that argument. But the argument is having free electric chargers is not fair to people who who have gas cars. It's like, well, then I hear that you don't have to have a gas car or, you know, a well. <laughs> like every, because what I hear on the other side of it is life ain't fair, right? Yeah. Isn't that what people always hear when they say, oh, you just whining and complaining? Life ain't fair. Okay, well, this ain't fair. <laughs> they they also probably pay more for their car or whatever the situation is. Or they need to charge you more frequently. Like, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be fair. It doesn't have to be, but it's, it needs to be fair when they're involved, okay? <laughs> don't spend tax... I just That's the part that irritates me. Don't spend taxpayer dollars on something that's not necessary. You know what's necessary? Like, cleaning up the highways, cleaning up the streets... Uh, infrastructure development. You know, that is necessary. $50,000 could go to a teacher's salary for the year. 
Not that foolishness. What's one more teacher when I can do something that doesn't do anything, but I can <laughs> get news articles written about me? Say I'm a star, baby. Wow, that's how that's how you use your political power. Good job. Yes. It's my turn. Well, I'm done ranting. I'm ready done. to listen. You done ranting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got another little, just a little quick story. Throw it at before. me. I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it. Headline, the DoorDash glitch results in hundreds of people ordering free food. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad we missed this the other day. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, basically DoorDash. When was it? When was it? Um, I know it was something. I think it was like a, yeah, on the evening of July 7th. So literally yesterday when we were recording this, um, they just had an issue in their processing a result that users were able to check out and whatever they put on there, it just went to zero. Mm. So mm. there were memes of people, you know, putting crazy orders in. out, I got some <laughs> lobster tails. Exactly. There was a meme I saw where it was a young lady upset because uh, she ordered uh, 30 lobster tails and Dodell tried to come for her the next day. Uh, I saw people having their accounts suspended over the orders they had placed. So you're going to punish them? For their mistake. Well, it's a difference between I ordered a Chipotle bowl and it was free somehow. And I ordered 37 Chipotle bowls. And I didn't know I wasn't supposed to get those all for free. I mean, you giving it to me for free. You're right. You're right. It's their fault. And it's probably somebody that's still at the $0 tip. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, no, that's not right. Because those people, the, the, the people who were delivering it were probably running like crazy. Yeah, so I'm going to need that money back too. Especially if I was one of those delivery drivers. I'm like, man, so are you telling me I ain't make no money? But Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah there were means of somebody ordering uh, a bunch of Casamigo bottles and Don Julio and Patron. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if that order made it through, but I mean, shout out to them. Shout out to everybody that got a free meal. The other day, cause I wish shit. I wish I give me one. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have went too crazy. <laughs> you would have got them thirty lobster tails. No, Yo, let me tip you. I would have got. I would have got four. Mm, I just and cold to the day. I mean, it was come up season, man. You might have. You might as well. Uh-uh. Uh, you know, DoorDash took it serious. So, the, like, uh, the next day they made sure to tell everybody, like, our bad. They've been reaching out to restaurants. Uh, they. If you had a if you had a card on file, they were pretty much like if you ordered thirty dollars of food and it was free, they was taking that thirty dollars. Oh, so man. if you went you went crazy and bald and you got two hundred dollars from the Cheesecake Factory, uh, they woke up the next morning. They they took that money. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, they're party trying, over. Yeah, they're trying to tell everybody you better take your cards off. Oh man! So anybody left their card on there, they they got their money back. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully you want to you ain't go too crazy. Uh, then if they didn't get their money back, they just suspended the people's account. Dang, <laughs> that sucks. That's not that that, uh, that takes all the fun away from the story. <laughs> somebody was having a Robin Hood moment. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure if somebody had a Robin Hood moment or they were just somebody just made a critical error. Like, they, well, of course they haven't said so yet. Dang. Oh well. Yeah, DoorDash they messing up because at one point didn't they have like a promo code that was going around that was wrong or something too? No, was that Door? I think that was was that Grubhub. I don't know. I don't remember. I know somebody was though. Yeah, in New York City, I think we. I don't know if we did that story, but yeah, New York City they had um uh, did a promo code where they like gave everybody a free lunch 
but they didn't know it was going to be that popular. Like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, what? People want free food? <laughs> and then they had to be like, ooh. <laughs> Everybody wanted free food at the same time. I'm like, yeah, buddy. Oh, maybe. in New York, right. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking about it more now that you mentioned it. Yeah. But I want to say that was Grubhub, but even so, these these um the food people, man, they out here hurting. Yeah, these companies are all over the place. I just I feel bad for the drivers more than anything because, like you said, when they have glitches in there or in the restaurants too, stretches it stretches the restaurants, it stretches the drivers. They, I'm sure they weren't getting tipped on all those orders and things like that. So that that is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't even know how it works. Like even if I leave, say I left the five dollar tip, if it just cancels at the zero, does that tip still go mm-hmm. through? Probably not. And then I don't even blame the I can't blame the person. The, I can't blame the people that ordered sensible orders. Like, it was both of us, and we ordered, and we got, like, $70 worth of food, mm-hmm. and it just went to zero. I'm like, oh, that's that's great. I'd be thinking it was a promotion or something. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope everybody got paid who was, who was uh, getting all those lobster tails and those bottles, because uh, that, that check is due, baby. Ooh. So, I know they had they had their credit card all, all on there. They're like, oh, dang. I guess it's free to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you telling me I, you telling me I couldn't get two thousand dollars? Hurt that next day when you see that charge. <laughs> you gonna be working doubles forever. All right, trying to catch up on that. Mm-hmm. But you got something to finish us off for the evening? I do. I wish I had like a little bit of a lighter story to to, to wrap up uh, the podcast today, but uh-huh. I think it might lead to a good discussion. So, um. Recently, there has been a conversation on social media around the term birthing persons or person who gives birth. Are you familiar with the term? I I am familiar with the term. And there's been a lot of controversy around it. And so I'm not really going to dive into that minefield today. But in like doing some reading and some research about it, I came across this really interesting uh, story uh, about from, well, this is 2022, but it's a study since the pandemic more black people sought births outside of hospitals um, going back to 2020, according to a recent report. And so this article uh, gives some really interesting statistics about um, the like rush of people into what we call community birthing situations. So that would be like if you have a baby at home, if you have a baby at a birthing center with a midwife, anything not out not in a hospital is considered a community birth. Okay. And so, um, overall, births at community birthing centers have increased 20% in the last few years. Non-Hispanic Black women have been using birthing alternatives 30% more since 2020. Native American women come in second at 26%. Hispanic women at 24 Asian and white at 18% and then native Hawaiian Pacific Islander women at 13%. So that's, I mean, that doesn't sound like a huge number, but when you think about it just in terms of individuals, that's a pretty big shift. 30% of, or 30% increase in black women choosing not to go into hospitals. And so um, a lot of that has to do with just uh, better results for moms. So a lot of people cited like, Wanted to have a vaginal birth and not be pressured into a C-section. Decreased likelihood of having a a tear because women who are like midwives are trained to do massage to prevent that type of tearing from happening. And then also there's like just a very real fear of mistreatment in hospitals, especially for black women. 
and other women of color like not coming out dying have losing your baby or just being treated really poorly and having a traumatic birth experience so they are trying to go to these other uh, places so they can kind of curate their experience have people there who will advocate for them who support them and love them um and make sure that they're being heard and that and that they're being good so what do you think about this just the idea of people in general being more open to kind of returning to births outside of hospital, but especially like black women. Especially for black black women. I am so pro um, this decision, the, the choice to go outside of a hospital. Mm-hmm. Just because you, you hear all the horror stories, and that's what scares me the most. You hear all these horror stories about how they... They disregard a black woman. I mean, if they're willing to disregard Serena Williams, right. who had a traumatic story about people not taking what she was saying seriously and leading to a, a potential major complication if somebody didn't take her what she was saying seriously. Uh, what does that say about anybody else? She's a superstar known across internationally. Mm-hmm. You person that works in the uh, Home Depot office, they're not going to look at you the same way. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at her, and she's a superstar. Right, right. Uh, like I'm always skeptical to go to any place because where where a doctor might think that black people don't feel the same amount of pain as another person because that was in an old medical textbook uh, that some people believed up until mm-hmm. recently. Like, yeah, I get on on on. I see these people on TikTok talk about their uh well b- black people in medical school or doctors who graduated from medical school about some of the horrors of some with some of they uh. Yep. Counterparts yeah. thought like, oh, I thought black people were so and so, so or they skin tougher or some some bullshit like that. Like, yeah. no, nah, buddy, no, nah, I don't want to. Uh, 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 I want. I, I need people to take. Uh, if I was, if we we're going through a pregnancy, I need them to take everything we say seriously yeah. and not treat us any differently based on some outdated knowledge. Yeah, and I think a lot of people um, report that they're having choosing to have children outside of hospitals for their second or third birth because of the bad treatment they experienced. So like in the article, they interviewed several women who chose to do a different form. And one woman said the doctor actually threatened to drop her from care because she didn't want to be catheterized. Um, A lot of women, the doctor refuses to give them other medication if they don't want to do a C-section or um, for a lot of black women, if if they survive the birth, they have a higher likelihood of dying in the days and weeks after giving birth, coming home from the hospital and having health concerns and worries be ignored. And so um, if you go on TikTok, there are videos, a lot of them are black women, but there are other women of other races as well and ethnicities as well, just with stories about how doctors um, induce induce them without consent, break their water without consent, want to do checks and things without the mom's consent that are not necessary cut in on skin to skin time, you know, all these different types of things that uh, in a medical setting, you have less and less say unless you have somebody really fiercely advocating for you and willing to stand up against the doctors. But even then, sometimes your wishes are not met. And then I think the other piece of that is, um, why did I just lose my train of thought just that quickly? Hmm. But you are right. I don't, I don't want people. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I don't, I just, I just want everybody's voice to be heard equally, and especially such a stressful time mm-hmm. going through your. If it's your first birth or your 
fourteenth birth in a hospital. It's always it's going to be a stressful time. A lot of things are at stake, and just for doctors to just. I, I know this is your third birth today and you're trying to get yeah, through it and go to, to it's not special to you but this is everything to that person right now yeah and you can't forget that like I know you're trying to you have all these markers you want to hit to get that person in and out so y'all can make more money and all this stuff but I would rather just be in a place where I can you can relax uh properly recover and then go home uh, probably at a quicker rate than you at a hospital, a sterilized hospital and everything dry and the food nasty. You can't just relax a little bit before you have to go home. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very different experience, especially for people who have shared their knowledge of having given birth in a hospital versus choosing to do home births or in other facilities and centers. However, um, and this is what I wanted to say before I lost my train of thought, it is important to me to present the counter argument which does come from a lot of um, healthcare providers, including Edward Hills, who's a professor in um, obstetrics and gynecology at Meharry Medical College in Nashville. So for those who don't know, that is um, a black medical, historically black medical college. And he said that his fear about using uh, birthing centers, midwives and doulas, is that they don't necessarily have, that he feels they have the capability to screen out clients who could potentially be unhealthy um, and a, he- a healthy pregnancy and a healthy woman is a requirement for a home birth or birth outside of a hospital in modern times, according to most doctors. Um, and so he feels like the services should be supported, but they should also be ideally giving birth in a hospital. And then there's another um, doctor who they interview in the article who pretty much says the same thing um, that they feel that even though there's literature out there saying that if you, um, you're you more likely to give birth to a premature baby in a hospital than with a midwife or at a birthing center, but that's typically because they're not going to let you deliver a baby that's not full-to-term mm. healthy baby. Yeah. So there's some, there some differences to that. But ultimately, I can 100% understand why. You as a woman in a marginalized group, and I would assume probably other birthing persons with marginalized identities like trans women or trans men and things like that would make or a non-binary person would maybe want to go somewhere else because you just want to have good care. And I think right now our hospital systems have such a bad reputation for treating women like crap when they go in to have a baby. And that's like the last thing that you want to you want to have a good birthing experience. You want to have good memories of having your child. You don't want to have memories of Oh, I was too exhausted from 30 hours labor and argued with the doctor. So I just gave me and I had a, a C-section and I didn't want to do that. Or I wanted to have skin to skin and they didn't give me the option to do that. Or, you know, I did skin to skin and they charged me $4,000 for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that there are more women that are moving away because maybe if, you know, because having a baby is a money making business at the end of the day. Yes. And so maybe once these hospitals start losing customers, they will say, oh, we really need to go back and relook at our model. And we really need to stop looking at giving birth. It's like, you got eight hours to squeeze this baby out. Otherwise, we cutting it out. Or we got to hurry up and get this over with. You know, people have been giving birth from for thousands and thousands of years. And yes, women were definitely dying at a higher rate. But I do also think that we need to combine the medicine and the care and the concern and the old techniques of midwives and doulas into one thing as opposed to 
overly relying on this cold medical setting that is still killing a lot of women and unapologetically doing so, killing a lot of women, predominantly black women, and maybe asking themselves like, well, dang, if we, we have to either figure out how to see these women as human beings and get them out of the situation alive, or we can't complain when they choose to risk their lives elsewhere or their baby's life elsewhere. Because I mean, I feel like as a black woman, the risk to me, it feels equal. Mm-hmm. So I hear these doctors saying like, oh, if anything goes wrong, you and your baby can die. But it's like my me and my baby could die in the hospital because you don't believe me. Yes. <laughs> it's like, where, where, where should I take my chance? At? Yeah. What, makes, what makes it better here if you if you just don't believe me or disregard what I say just because you have some uh, uh, prejudice, unbiased prejudice that you don't even maybe you don't even realize you have it. Or even if I survived the pregnancy, the delivery my child survives delivery, but I just had a horrible experience. I was just treated really poorly, and I have to carry that with me every time I think about the birth of my child is how I had a really bad experience because of the color of my skin, because the doctors and the nurses saw me as less than human, and so I have to carry that with me as opposed to having a, a welcoming my child into the world and going through this really stressful experience with somebody who who values me. And who listen to me and who's, who's a supportive voice. So, I mean, I'm happy that there are more black midwives and doulas or even not necessarily black women, women who are in that pro role, but just people who are just more person-centered. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fantastic that there are even more hospitals now that are welcoming to midwives and doulas to come in and, and working with with pregnant women and honoring their birth plans. I think that's really important as well. And I think, But I do think we'll continue to see this number go up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I'm happy that they're providing a great just alternative to people to go outside of the hospitals. You know, long as long as you're going out, you're getting all your proper tests done to make sure your pregnancy and everything's going well. If you can do that option and it's afforded to you, it, it's something to at least consider. Yeah, and I feel like you know, shout out to the doulas that are also there to support. You know. Uh, both parents support the dad support the grandparents support the younger siblings if they're already and all that type of stuff like i definitely feel like the pregnancy is not something that happens alone or at least it shouldn't it should happen with your family with your community mm. and so i really like the idea of somebody being there to help the whole community go through this process with the person that's given birth mm-hmm. 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 i like it I like it too. Mm-hmm. I think we had a good, a good episode. We had a very serious episode this mm-hmm. week. Serious <laughs> and on a rabble, rabble, We'll be back rabble. to that goofy stuff later. <laughs> I think I had a couple goofy stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Mm, but you, mm-hmm. kept, you kept this grounded though. I like so that. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, what about the, the VR headsets that we talked about porn? Yeah, we had porn sets. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all again for listening as yeah. we travel through the porn sets uh, to the getting money from Burger King all the way to... Mandula Avangados. <laughs> we didn't talk about Mandula Avangados, but yeah. <laughs> we, we had a doula in there. Alright. Alright, but y'all have a good one. And this is from That's a Tough One. And we'll tough you next time. You gonna say something after that? Bye. Alright, bye.